welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast. It's a time, once again, like last season, to do our season previews with a fan of every team in the NFL. And our first team is the Seattle Seahawks. And with me, I've got a returning guest, someone I'm proud to call friend. I've got with me, Javain Bidia. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on here. I um, can't wait to talk about this upcoming season as opposed to what happened last season. Well, not what happened last season, but the prediction I had last season. It's, the tone's going to be much more different this time around. Yeah, I mean, listeners who haven't heard Javan yet on our podcast, he went on for our season preview last time, and we're going to go through what he went through last year and what the actual record was. Um, in what was you know, certainly one of the surprise teams of last season in the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so, yeah, going into the main ins and outs, um, the main outs include Travis Homer and Rashad Penny, both running backs, leaving. Shelby Harris, as well as Quinton Jefferson. And then incomings, Draymond Jones, defensive end. Safety, Julian Love. Defensive tackle, Jaron Reed. Linebacker, Devin Bush, formula of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Centre, Evan Brown. And then the one that, Everyone's loved the return of linebacker Bobby Wagner. Um, and also, as well as that, one of the best drafts, in my opinion, um, getting Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback, fifth overall, as well as getting Jackson Smith and Jigba, 20th overall, the wide receiver from our high state, as well as other players such as running back Zach Charbonnet, 52nd overall, and Derek Hall, 27th overall, the defensive end. So for you, uh, Javan, how would you assess the incomings and outcomings, both free agency-wise and also the draft? I think we did just about as well as we could have done. Um, I'll go to the draft first. The draft, for me, um, was a great draft. Not only be, 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 Mainly because, okay, the names we've grabbed, you know, that, you know, what we had in the class was a really, like, quarterback-heavy draft, as we kind of all predicted going in. But I think what we've grabbed in, you know, Witherspoon and Smith and Jigba and um, players like Mike Morris, I, I think we've done a great job in securing guys that will develop but can actually be, you know, solid and reputable for us now. Yeah, I, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to act like these players are, you know, the finished article far from that. But these guys are, to me you know, they're NFL already. And that's a good sign, especially for the scope of the team that we're, especially for the scope of the team right now and the current state that we're in. We're in a, I would say, better than what we thought we were kind of state. Now, do we go, now, Does do these picks put us, you know, in a good position or a bad position? I think they put us in a good position for wherever we go, to be fair. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that we saw it last year as well. The players you brought in last year via the draft, brilliantly worked by Pete Cowell, the head coach, and John Snyder, the the um, general manager. And I think that it's um, just once again, this summer, again, it's been another, another off-season where you've just really excelled off the field. And, you know, on the field, you know, you're hoping that it can be as good as last year. Of course, last year, you know, where everyone entered the season with, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, the worst quarterback room in the league. And, you know, I probably wasn't the only one who thought that. Um, and, you know, all these things were, obviously, Russell Wilson got traded. You, know, you may have got the draft capital coming in, but Evan was like, what's going on? Why is we got rid of Russell Wilson? And they were thinking, why haven't you replaced, why have they replaced him? But Geno Smith had by far his best career year. 
Um, I mean, he won. I I think I think wrongly, but he won comeback player of the year. Um, obviously shows how how good he was. I mean, thirty touchdowns, eleven interceptions, and four thousand two hundred eighty-two yards. That by far beats his previous best of thirteen touchdowns in twenty fourteen with the New York Jets, and three thousand forty-six yards in twenty thirteen with the Jets. So, a real career year for him. And we saw, particularly, I think, especially the first half of the season, um, how good he was. Uh, he could maybe argue he his form definitely downturned since. Um, the Germany game, but nevertheless, brilliant season from Gina Smith. And, you know, it's a team that you know, got to the playoffs, of course, which no one expected. Everyone was thinking, but maybe even bottom of the division. Um, so for Gina Smith, for you, Javan, how are you viewing him for this season? Because you can make an argument that he could stick the same level. He could make his game go even better. He could elevate it. On the flip side... We've seen this before with other quarterbacks. Could he be a potential one-season wonder? What's your take on him? Uh, you know, one-season wonder I feel in the NFL is, you know, one-season wonders in the NFL are, is a very harsh thing because I feel like the NFL, as in sports in general, I feel like American sports in general, they work in cycles. So you will have players that, you know, maybe they maybe maybe their time you know, isn't isn't there yet. And then they get to a point where they do have their time. I think that was the case uh, for Gino. You clearly saw it at the New York Jets. You know, he came in, probably wasn't his time. amidst all the turmoil that was happening at the Jets at that particular time. And then you come to Seattle where there's a whole load of, I'll tell you, it's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more consistency. It's not as uh, much of a roller coaster as it was when he was at uh, New York. And the way how he's played, it showed testament to that, to to the consistency and just how well drilled Seattle kind of is. Now for the new season, I don't think he will produce this uh, level of um, performance. I do think he will have a slight drop, but I but what I've been reading from people or from articles, journalists suggesting that he's just going to suddenly, you know, dramatically decline to a position where he basically makes us you know the worst team in our division is I don't think that's true mainly because of how well drilled Seattle is I don't think he'll get you know 30 uh, 30 TDs 11 interceptions I think what you will see is maybe someone who has you know maybe 20 to 27 touchdowns and maybe a few maybe like one two three more interceptions but I think that's okay, considering the position that we are in. We're in a state where we're kind of just in the, you know, middle of the pack. I would say in terms of, you know, no one really expected us to be that good, and everyone expected us to be that bad. So we're kind of in the middle of that. But for Gino, I think Gino will have another good year. Whether he'll have the year he had in the season that we that's just passed, I'm not really too sure. But I don't think he's gonna have, you know, a horrific year. Yeah, I think it really is interesting. I think there's a few callbacks you can make that chat about whether they will continue their form. I think Rock Purdy is the biggest example of that, whether he can be the same callback we all saw when he came in mid-season. And that is quite a nice segue into our into our next real talking point. Is the fact that Russell Wilson obviously was traded last off-season, was on, was on a university field trip at the time with some of our course mates, uh, mine and yours, Javan, to the likes of Colin, broke the news to me when that 
when that trade got released. And there was definitely a narrative. And I certainly, I believe I talked to you about it. Maybe it was about someone else. Definitely it was someone about this on our podcast where we felt that Pete Cowell was holding Russell Wilson back. But what's transpired is Pete Cowell knew the time was coming to an end. And, you know, fully aware that Russell Wilson may well become the quarterback we all know with Sean Payton as a head coach. So that could all change right now. He had a terrible 2022, one of the worst, certainly the worst season in his career, one of the worst seasons for a quarterback or more underwhelming seasons for a quarterback I can ever remember. I remember I was at the the Broncos-Colts game, maybe arguably the worst ever game of football ever played. It's um, certainly up there, certainly the worst I've ever seen and certainly the worst (laughs) one. It's it's between that and Bristol Rovers Wickham for the worst live event I've ever watched. Um, But he was terrible. And we had this feeling that it was Pete Cowell, he was getting too old, he was getting too, like, like Arthur Wenger, I felt like an Arthur Wenger sort of time at Seattle where it was almost, he was staying there just for nostalgia but you know, what we've seen since, he's done it, he's for me one of the best head coaches last season, the job's done, I think certainly he would have been one of my picks for, for, for um, coach of the year but for you, just how did you feel watching Russell Wilson's downfall, did you were you the one of the ones that you know were really glad to see it? Were you someone that still want to see him do well? And how was it for you watching Russell Wilson firstly in a different uniform, especially that Week One clash between both you, both your teams? But um, yeah, overall, how was it? How did you feel about Russell Wilson's downfall compared to Geno Smith's uh, rise? Honestly, to react, to, we actually did have this conversation whether as to Pete Carroll was holding back Russell Wilson. It got to a point where I, I believe me and you had a conversation, numerous conversations about whether one had to give. And I believe I chose Pete Carroll to give because of the years, because of just the great years Russell Wilson was having um, at Seattle. Um, going to watching his demise, I can't lie, it was incredible to see and incredible to see him mocked on national TV for just how he was playing or on the debate shows, Undisputed and ESPN. It, it, was, it was incredible to see. It hurt Shannon Sharp, literally, because of how, you know, he's he's a big part of uh, the Denver Broncos. Um, I will say, I think what you saw in the two seasons, in, in the two guys, in the in that season was how they used that moment and kind of how they allowed the the moment to either consume them or use it as fuel. I believe all the chatter between what happened in the trade, it fueled Carol. It fueled him to a point where you could honestly see that this was a seed. This, if anything, this season of Gino, you know, rising and becoming, you know, this, uh, you know, the comeback player of the year. That's fueled from, you know, the chatter that we were hearing about Carol about how his time is done. I'm hearing that with Belichick now. I'm not saying that um, Belichick is going to have the same, you know, type of season as Carol had. But, you know, one thing I love about the NFL is you can have the physical attributes you could have the technical attributes, but the mental attributes count just as much, if not more. And you saw it in Pete Carroll, the mental attribute he had to say to himself that, okay, I've just let my best quarterback go, my best player go. Now watch me actually go to work. Watch that actually fuel me and use that as fire to have 
this type of season. Whereas Russell, it just consumed him a bit. Add to the fact that he had a coach in Nathaniel Hackett who struggled and in turn that caused everybody to struggle. It didn't look like anybody kind of knew what their role was or kind of what to do. So I think what you'll see in Sean Payton in what he was going to do for Denver now is just pretty much, you know, put put it all back to the basics. What's everyone good at? And um, I think that's what Pete Carroll did um, last, that's what Pete Carroll did last year. And you're going to see Sean Payton kind of use that because he is a great coach and he has great mental attributes as well. Yeah, I think we'll see this year. I think I think certainly we'll see this year with Russell Wilson whether his bad year last year was all on Hackett or whether this season, if he plays bad again, we'll know that it wasn't entirely Hackett's fault. A bit like you look at Rod, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, is this going to be a season where you look at last season as being a year where he just clearly wasn't happy in Green Bay and that's why his performance has dropped? Or you could look at it as if he struggles in, in New York, which I hope he does, uh, <laughs> it'll be a case where we'll know that he's getting too old. And I think Russell Wilson will be, will be the same thing. And I think that you look at what he's got compared to Gina Smith. I think actually Gina's got far better options to, to throw to. I mean, looking at the depth chart for Seahawks, I mean, Jackson, Smith and Jigba, whilst I prefer Jordan Addison, I think the consensus was that Smith and Jigba was the best receiver in the draft. And he's the third choice uh, receiver behind, obviously, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And I think you add that to a tight end room with Noah Fant as your main guy. Um, of course, adding in, a, and as well as, I think, a defensive line, which could do some work, but overall, it's not the worst. So I think Gene Smith is actually going to go into the season, I think, with... A far better team, and I think a far better receiving room. And I think that you look at even on the defense, you've got Witherspoon, you've got Jamal Adams, um, you know, you've got Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, Tariq Woolen, who was a great pick for you guys. I think that you're going to have as well, which I, I think you may see in Denver as well, but with Seattle, I think you're going to see a case where these guys are going to give them the ball back so much more, and it's going to be it's going to be great for everyone involved. And I think that. I think it's actually this more lead on segue into our final segment, which is our win, loss and tie section, which everyone loves by now. That's everyone's favourite part of the podcast, where we go through each game and Javan has to answer with win, loss or tie. Um, before we do that, of course, you're your first guest of the series. You were on it last season. So your record prediction last year was 5-13. and 13. Yeah. Of course, the team finished 9-8. and eight. So... Yeah, I mean that that shows alone just how how much they better they perform than than we thought. Um, I'm guessing it's not going to be five and thirteen this time when you go. Nope. For... <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... I can't believe I pre- I can't believe I predicted that. In all honesty, so, to be fair, I I felt like it was justified at the time, but as we got to the season when we were picking up wins, I was like, goodness gracious, I'm gonna have to take back the win and loss column that I produced. <laughs> well, to be fair, then we we had a Packers fan, Abby, last season who had them going sixteen and zero, and friend of the show, Chris Milner from National Vintage League. You'll see him again throughout this season. Um, he had the Washington Commanders finishing with a, I think it was eleven or twelve wins. So there were some quite optimistic fans, but you were quite a realist. You were quite um, level-headed in your approach. You were you were realistic about what we all thought was going to happen. So I think you know it's. You'd rather be that way than the other way around. At least you, you had a nice surprise. Whereas this year, 
I think it might be a bit more a higher expectation. So um, week one, you are at home. Another team who really underwhelmed last year, Los Angeles Rams, uh, win, loss or tie? I'll win. I think they're, I think they're going to go into the season. They're probably in this, they're going into the season that we're going to have. They're probably the worst team in the NFC. So I think we're going to win. I think so. Um, well, I, our next episode is going to be about another team who I think personally is the worst team in the NFC. And a little spoiler, they may not be my, my prediction in our predictions episode to have number one overall pick coming next year. I think the Cardinals have got it worse. Ah, that's, that's funny. funny. The, the, those are two teams we know very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see why you got them. And I actually think that, I actually think that the Rams are going to surprise people. I don't think they're going to go on a deep run. I think that their ceiling is probably one win, but it all hands on the balance of Donald Cup and Stafford. You know, if they're all healthy, it's 12 months removed from them winning Super Bowl. Well, probably 18 months removed um, now, but it was only one season away. And this time last year, they were going into season as the champions and everyone thought week one might be a preview to the upcoming Super Bowl. So I think that people forget just how injury hit they were. And I think that they've lost Jaden Ramsey, yes, and they've lost a few other players, you know, but I I think they, my pick is, I think their seeding is wildcard team and then maybe at most one playoff win. But I think that'll be very much depending on just who they get because I think that the NFC South, I think if they get NFC South team, that'll be that way, that'll be their way of getting through. But I think if they face... Anyone besides maybe the Bears from the NFC North, they play anyone from the NFC East besides maybe the Commanders and two of the four NFC West, I think they'll lose. But I think I think if they somehow finish with the fifth seed and they come up against the team who won the NFC South or whatever ranking they are, and if they do meet, I think that's their way of going in. So I feel the Rams actually are going to surprise people. Uh, I think a lot of Sean McVay, um, who, who can forget him. Um, week two, on the road to... Everyone's second team in 2022, the Detroit Lions, <laughs> win, loss, or tie. <laughs> uh, we're going to go another win here. Okay. Week three, back at home against the Carolina Panthers, of course, with the number one overall pick in Bryce Young as their new quarterback. Probably their, it's what, his first or second game at home during in the NFL. Uh, what's your take on that one? I think that's going to be a win. I think that's going to be a, a... I think Bryce Young's going to have a really rough game. I think we're going to make it rough for him. So I think we're going to go with a win there. Mm. Yeah, I, I still think the Panthers have ruled the day they didn't pick um, CJ Stroud, in my opinion, anyway. I think he's the, the best of the four. Um, week four, on the road again, uh, against the New York Giants. Uh, that's a loss, um, mainly because I just think with Barkley and the team, I, I just think that's a game where he just goes off. And that's when when he has, the, you know, the level of game that we know he can produce, it's tough, it's tough to defend him. I, I agree. Um, week five is the old mighty dreaded week five by week. So week six is, I think, looking at the schedule now, probably your on paper your hardest game on the road to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a loss. That's a loss too. Mainly, I, I think we'll give it, I think one thing I like about the Seahawks is we won't back down, but I just think Cincinnati just pull away with the, with the players that they just have. Yeah, I think for me they are surely one I think they're unless something really bad happens they'll be definitely the playoffs probably as division winners and I can see them going at least divisional round if not more um now next up on home at home again you mentioned before the Arizona Cardinals 
Well, that, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a win. Not really the most convincing win. I actually have the scores for these as well. Okay. Um, so Good. for me, so for me, I went for a I went for a 2015 win. Um, not really like, not not really the sort of like you know humiliation that we could give to the Cardinals. But I think it'll be one where they'll put up a fight in that match too. Let's go back a second and check your score. So you said so you beat the Rams week one. What's the score on that one? I got 31 to 27. That's, that's a good game. Wow. For week one as well. Um, Lions win. What's the score there? I got uh, 34 to 30. Oh, another good game. I swear last year, I think it was that game. That was like, I want to say something like 45, 42 or something. There was a, I thought there was a thrilling game between you two last season. Is that right? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was... I, um... I, I, I think with Detroit, Detroit are I think with Detroit, they're just like win, lose, or even tie. They're a very entertaining team to watch. I watched their game where they played Green Bay, I believe that was the last the last game of the season. It was a very entertaining game. Even though I have no affiliation to either team. For some reason, Detroit, I feel like a lot of it comes from their coach as well. Um, they just love to entertain. Yeah, and you guys really sport the party without winning against the Rams on the final week. It made the game entirely pointless, but um, either way, <laughs> <laughs> it was still a good. I I quite enjoyed seeing Rogers just get knocked out. If I'm honest, um, the Panthers win. What to score on that one? I had uh, twenty three to twenty one. These games are very tight. Wow. Um, Giants lost week four. What's the score there going to be? Uh, uh twenty six to twenty. Okay, and then the bye week. Uh, the Bengals game. Uh, 33 to 24. Okay. So, going, now, going on to week eight against everyone's least favourite team right now in the Cleveland Browns. Who's going to win <laughs> and what's the score going to be? I'm going to go with a um, win for us. It's a 27 to 20 win. Oh, I'd love to see that. Um, Week nine on the road again to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, goodness. This is going to be a 30 to 15 loss because I just think Jackson is just going to have one of those games. They are one of these teams that you just don't know who you're getting each week. A bit like Tottenham, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> week 10 um, against the Commanders. Uh, Commanders going to be a very tight game for that one. Um, I'm going to go with a 19-17 to 17, uh, win. Okay. Um, once again, back into Rams, this time on the road at SoFi Stadium. Um, that'll be a loss, twenty six to twenty three. I think they'll want revenge for the week one loss that they had to us, and we will come off. We'll have one of those games where we're where we're good in we're good in some parts, but sluggish overall. And then on to week twelve, a home game against the San Francisco 49ers. We ha- okay. This is gonna sound. I I need you to hear me out on this. I'm gonna go for win. Only because we didn't beat them all season last. We didn't beat them all season last year, especially in the playoff game where we lost to them. I feel like we we let's 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 take a win, uh, based on the fact that we didn't win against them in the three opportunities we had um, last season. <laughs> To be fair, even in um, even in the wild card game, there was a point. I believe you were winning a half time, or at least you were running them close. And second half just wasn't quite quite what you're hoping for. But I I know you guys definitely gave a good run for their money, and it wasn't as much of a one sided affair 
as I think we all thought it was going to be. So yeah, you fair play, you guys running close. And I think um, you, know, you hope. I think for me, I think we're between you two for the division. So I think these games are going to mean mean a lot. They're going to really mean something. Um, we got them again in two weeks after that. So in between that, the filling in the sandwich is the Dallas Cowboys on the road, uh, AT&T Stadium. How are you feeling about that one? I don't know how to feel about the Cowboys this year. It's just also it's the expectations on them are going to be very big, mainly because of the fact that um they're they're in this sort of position now where they're contenders, but it's just I don't know whether they're true contenders or not. I, are you there mainly because of the resources that you have, or are you there mainly because you're actually you have a place that actually you have a place that's actually warrants you being there? Um, this will be a close game. But I think we'll edge it, and I think I'm going to go with a 32-27 win on our end. Okay, 32-27. That's quite, again, these games are very, very exciting. Um, (laughs) Week 14, you once again play in the 49ers, but this time on the road. Uh, That would be a loss, uh, 26-17. That would be the 49ers' revenge for Week 12 and Debo Samuel. Goodness gracious me! I think he had one of those games. Um, I love Debo Samuel, by the way. Great player. Do you know? I remember I was watching a video. It was literally was about I think four hours ago, where it was basically TPS did a video on YouTube where they had every team's active player who is most likely to not make the Hall of Fame, and they said Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel was a was a lock for the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's that's true. If I'm honest, he's had maybe one or two good years, and that's it. I don't think. He's really replicated that season yet two years ago. I don't think he'll. I I think that that hearing that was a bit of a stretch, if I'm honest. But um, still, nevertheless, a very good player. Um, God, this stretch you've got is terrible. When I mean, you've had the 49ers twice, then you had the Cowboys in between that. Now you've got Week 15 at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's quite a bad run. Uh, uh that's gonna be a freshing. Um, that'll be a freshing where it will be thirty-four to probably ten or seventeen. I'm gonna go with seventeen. Um, thirty-four, seventeen to the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles are for real. Uh, how far they go, I don't know, but I think they're the um NFC version of basically Cincinnati. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I think person. I think there's. I think I think there's always is a team that surprised everyone to get involved in, in amongst them. Because I think these two, you know, 49s and Eagles, I think for me the best two by a mile in this in this conference. I think if Dak Prescott could get it done when it matters, I think you'd have them involved. But I don't think he's that guy. So um, yeah, I think certainly I think those two would be very hard to find those two not playing. I mean, certainly it's one of them in the NFC Championship game uh, this season. Uh, week 16 on the road to Tennessee Titans. I'm gonna go with a twenty to ten win on our end. Okay, and then week seventeen is a home game, your final one of the season. Um, certainly in the regular season is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh, that's gonna be a win as well. I'm gonna go over twenty-seven to seventeen win. And then finally, going into week eighteen, your current record stands at ten and six. So you think going into the final game of this season, if it does happen to how you're predicting, you think it'd be a crucial game, whether it's to make the playoffs or whether it's to win the division. Um, so how are you feeling with that one and how how's it going to go? I think it'll be a, a 31 to 20 win for us. Okay, so that means your record is 11 and 6, which is the um, prediction of the season. Um, that's, uh, you would think, especially in the NFC, that will get you um, 
get you into the playoffs and maybe even as a second or third seed. At, at, at worst, maybe even a fifth seed if the 49ers just absolutely blow people away. Um, so, yeah, as a bonus sort of prediction for you, if you were to make the playoffs, um, how far do you think the team will go? I don't... Okay, so the NFC is much weaker, I believe, this year compared to last year. Um, so if we want to make a deep playoff run, I think we need to maximise this opportunity before Geno Smith starts to show rapid signs of regression. I also think it depends on whether Jamal Adams can stay fully healthy. Bear in mind, we got we finished 9-8 with him practically out for the season. So with him fully you know, in for a season, and if he's able to recapture just some patch of good form, good form, I think we could. I think we could do something. Um, I think I still, I still believe. I want to believe we could get to the division round, but I highly doubt it because, again, I just think even though the NFC is much weaker, I think the good teams are really, really good. Um, I can't. I, I've obviously just judged Dallas before. Dallas are a good team. Dallas for me are a good team. They're going to be there or thereabouts. Same with the 49, same with the Eagles, even the Giants. I think. Um, so I think, I think it will be another wild card, wild card loss. Um, I'd love to see us make the division around. That will probably depend on who we get in a wild card. To be fair, um, but I think we are gonna make a. Uh, wild card appearance and pretty much anything happens after there is anyone's guess interesting interesting well i'm teasing it a little bit but i've got a little prediction up my sleeve for our predictions episode as my surprise team but also my team to win the nfc and it could well be not one of those teams it could be a team that no one is saying so i'm looking forward to eventually giving that prediction out if nothing changes by by this point from recording this podcast mid-July so things might change but as right now I've got a team back in my head that I think could surprise everyone and, and win the NFC uh, but do keep an eye out for that one um, but in the meantime this has been our Seattle Seahawks season preview our first of 32 teams done um, our next team is going to be the Arizona Cardinals so if you're a Cardinals fan listen to this one keep an eye out for that one and after that, it will be the 49ers. So they NFC West themed start to this series as hoping to once again complete all 32 teams with a fan of all 32 teams. In the meantime, thank you, Javan, for once again coming on. Pleasure having me on. Pleasure having me on here. It's really it's always good to be here. Yeah, always a pleasure, mate. And we'll but sure once again we'll have you on during the season um, and get your thoughts on how the season's going when it all kicks off, which is a time of recording. Um, just over two months away and when this podcast does come out less than two months away so exciting stuff the long off season looks like it's finally coming to an end in the meantime this has been the Across the Pod podcast as part of the Eurotrips network I've been your host Andy this has been Javan and we will see you guys next time